This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Afternoons on Dubai Eye 103.8. I'm Helen Farmer and this is your Afternoons with Helen Farmer podcast. Your chance to catch up on all of the action at the Taste Estonia stand at Gulf Food. We had such a fantastic time meeting some of the makers, some of the incredible ingredients out of this gorgeous, gorgeous country. So from wild garlic garlic to lactose-free ice cream, we had it all. Plus, we were in conversation with Dr. Thryer asking, can food make us happy and can it be good or indeed bad for our mental health? Clean air, clean water equals clean food and there is no time in our lives and that's more important than when we're babies. So that's what we're turning our attentions to now. But don't worry adults, you're certainly going to be included in this. Joining us now from Salvest, we've got Mara Kavilo joining us to talk to us a little bit more about what has been happening uh, back in Estonia and what's it mean for here. So before we start talking ingredients, which sound amazing, Mark, tell us a little bit about Salvest. It's been around for more than 75 years, so clearly doing something right. Where did it all start? Yeah, yeah, hello. Good afternoon to everyone. And actually, as, I'm, as you mentioned, Helen, I'm from company Salvest from the northern Europe, Estonia. And the company was established almost 77 years ago, wow. right after the Second World War, and it was meaning to produce uh, ready-to-eat meals, canned food, preserves, pickles, jerkins, everything. And uh, almost 50 years ago, we found that, okay, it's, it's worth to produce also baby food. And since 1966, we produce baby food also, and it's, it's currently one of the biggest uh, part of our total portfolio. This is a big responsibility to be forming young minds and bodies and I mean with, with some lovely pouches in front of you which were an absolute lifesaver for me as a, as a mum when the thought of cooking pureeing, putting things in ice cube trays and tipping them out and also on the go. So there's a convenience factor but there has to be a quality factor as well. Um, tell us a little bit about how you've been working with I guess experts, paediatricians. Yes, that's right because uh, First of all, mentioned that the product must be safe mm-hmm. and the product must taste good. Yes. So we, we always keep this in mind when we deliver or develop any new products and uh, before we launch it. And you're right, we engage pediatrician in the very beginning. On the first stage, we talk to them about the recipes, talk mm-hmm. to them about uh, the, the, pro- the, the ingredients that you need to be used. That research and development Absolutely. all, the, all and, the way through. And then, and then, of course, we once the product is ready, we test it on babies and on mothers. And when we get the good feedback, then it will be launched. Kids don't lie. My, my, I have, I've got some very um, unfond memories of my children just clumping their mouths shut when they didn't want to eat something. Um, let's talk about some of the ingredients. I've understood that you the ingredients you use come from really close to, to where you put it all together within 100 kilometers is that yeah, right that yeah, radius yeah quite a lot why quite is that important it is actually important and um, that the vegetables for example or the fruits they are fresh they have been like organically grown that because we are using only uh, organic vegetables organic fruits or organic ingredients for our uh, salvas baby food and this is important because we all want to the best for our babies and, and we, we do care about how they grow and how they f- what food do they eat etc and and uh, this is actually our I, I would say an advantage mm-hmm. to really get the fruits and vegetables from the 
nearby, like and 100 kilometers. And what about seasonality then, Mark? How does that translate? Of course, seasonality, uh, for example, vegetables, we can handle basically uh, from, uh, from uh, autumn till the spring, because the crop is ready again mm -hmm. in September in our climate. And, and of course, we are using like purees and, and uh, like processed uh, vegetables and fruits as well when needed. And frozen ones. I want to hear what's on the menu for these little ones. What are some of the most popular flavour combinations? Uh, you know, as we are living up in the north and we are missing sunshine and we, we are missing heat, mm -hmm. we, uh, our best seller is mango. Oh really? People mango, want the tropical? Absolutely tropical, but at the same time the second best is uh, blueberry apple. Blueberry which is very, very Nordic mm -hmm. and apple which is very European. So a good combination, a good blend of uh, two favourite uh, fruits. We're talking this afternoon, baby food, yes, but up next, if you love a smoothie, prepare to feel very hungry indeed. Marek Bilal is with us today from Salvest. We are live from the Taste Estonia stand at Gulf Food. <music> baby foods, smoothies, pickling and more. Salvest, um, we are exploring today with uh, Marek Bilal. Explain a little bit about what's been happening behind the scenes for the last 76 years at this Estonian company. I mean, talking about get, giving children the most healthy start in life, but what about us adults, Marek? Tell us about some of the offering there, because you've got some, and I have to say, the branding is absolutely gorgeous. A smushy, what's a smushy? Yeah, that's a smushy. It's actually, <laughs> it's putting together just uh, really like good branding, mm -hmm. first of all, and uh, it it's, it's comes from the smoothies. Smoothie, smushy, it's like playing with the words. So it's a, it's a pouch of smoothies. So this is- on-the-go nutrition really absolutely it's on the go basically it's convenient uh, it's healthy and it's functional can you talk us through we've got three of the pouches in front of us can you tell us some of the ingredients or the kind of the, the main components yeah first of all those those all are uh, again organic as our baby food the same with a smoothie range smushy and uh, here i took some samples like the blueberry yogurt super smoothie with quinoa flakes and then I have orange mango with uh, dates. And I have also the latest one, the newest, which is passion mango with uh, basil. Interesting so combination there. Who do you have in mind then? What kind of problem are you looking to solve with, uh, with this kind of extension of the range? So one of them is like uh, good for digestion. Mm -hmm. Another one is uh, rich in fibers. Another one makes you feel good, gives you energy. So it's, uh, it's, it's all of them, all six. Uh, but we have the wrong range, they have some special functionality when they developed, so it was considered right we, in the very beginning. We've had a message here from Marisol saying, is it available in the UAE? Good question, that's why you're here uh, at the Taste Estonia stand. This is all about building connections. You're already retailing in the Middle East, but Dubai is TBC. Um, what else are you working on? Because uh, I'm sure there's got to be a big lead-in time for releasing a new product to market. What's been happening back in Estonia, Mark? Yeah, it is. Actually, it takes uh, from eight to eight months to twelve months to release one product, right. and as we have to, uh, totally almost three hundred SKUs, three hundred different products, uh, eight different categories, from ready-to-eat meals to smoothies to kids baby food. So we are also currently preparing for the vegetable season, as the cucumbers will be, you know planted very very soon in our climate and we will buy back the, from our farmers the cucumbers and then we make the delicious. Can, can I ask you about the farming because as we discovered yesterday sustainability is such an important part of Estonian way of life not just 
not just food-wise. Tell us a little bit about the innovation and sustainability side at Salvest. Actually, we always uh, keep sustainability as, as the priority for our new innovations. We will start from the packaging side, so we have refused of, uh, of aluminium usage for the smoothies, for example. We will do the same with the baby food. Mm -hmm. We are developing now the monomaterial uh, baby food pouches. Instead of having them free layers and mm -hmm. different free materials, we try to do it in one material only. We are buying uh, more and more organically grown uh, vegetables and fruits. So that's the way we, we really do, we behave. We are using more and more solar energy for our plant, for mm -hmm. our factory. We produce, generate uh, gas, natural gas, from uh, the leftovers of the pickle season, for example, the pumpkin leftovers, the peels and, and, uh, and seeds. We are producing next to our factory, there is a, in five kilometers distance, there is, a, there is a factory that generates biogas and our municipality buses are using this biogas, for example. So that's, 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 that's the way it goes the in the circular. small community. Yes, the circle. Wow. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Lastly, it sounds like you Estonians are a healthy bunch. Would you say that's a fair comment? Actually, we are. Look at me. Yes, I know. You're <laughs> I, about six I, foot I, five. <laughs> <laughs> I look healthy. And we, we, like, we like good food, healthy food and tasty food. Well, it's great to have you here at Gulf Food. Um, it is a very, very busy few days, but I have to say, being here at Tastonia, it feels like a little little oasis of calm. In the, we've got some, you know, some beautiful indoor gardening going on behind us. We've got some award-winning vegan ice cream behind us. And um, I have to say, some of the best potato chips I've had in a long time. But I'm going to have a smushy now, Marek. Thank you so, so much. Really appreciate your time this afternoon. Go forth, and hopefully we'll see you in Dubai again very, very soon. Thank you, Joining us there from Salvest, we've had Marek Villog. We're having a lovely time at Taste Estonia, I have to say. The loveliest people and the most delicious food. It is some of the cleanest food in the world. And we're exploring some of the healthy ingredients and products that are available right here on the stand. Joining us now, Tavi Saf is with us. He is the founder of Oslowise OU. And I'm so intrigued by your offering because the names, it sounds like like alchemy. We're talking shrubs and... In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you talk, tell us a little bit about your company, Tavis. Where and why did the business start? Yeah, good, good day, Helen, to you, first of all. And thank, uh, you. thank you very much for inviting me for the interview. Of course. Uh, yeah, um, me and my uh, wife, uh, <laughs> Katrin, we have uh, founded a business, Özelweiss uh, OU, in Sarama, Estonia, the biggest island in Estonia. And... Um, what we are doing is uh, we are producing uh, handcrafted uh, healthy drink bases, straps, uh, switchels, which is like a healthy is celebration a, drink. A switchel. Switchel, yes. So it's this pink, sparkling, non-alcoholic. Yeah, exactly. It's a party exactly. drink. It is a party drink. Yeah, but what, party what does drink. it taste like? Uh, well, we have there. Uh, this, I mean, there is like this uh, unique. Uh, a combination of uh, of uh, sourness, sweetness, and a bit of bitterness from the ginger. So the, our uh, switcher right now it's containing uh, ginger, uh, raspberry, and uh, lemon, and the sea uh, I don't know what if you know what is sea buckthorn. No a small, idea. Uh, small orange berry, uh, not growing here, I think, uh, I but think uh, in the northern part here. of uh, Europe, and uh, it's containing loads of C vitamins. So it's a really healthy drink. 
and for the sweetener we have there in uh, the agave syrup mm -hmm. and then there's water and it's carbonized there is uh, like no artificial ingredients inside no no additives uh, nothing you know coloring uh, so wow. it's it's all from our products are all like from pure nature yeah nothing bad inside no i'm going to post something on our social when i get a second this afternoon because i think I mean, yes, it's important what's inside the bottle, but the branding is absolutely beautiful. So tell us a little bit about the design and why that has been such a priority for you as well. How did that come together? Yeah, uh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> you like no, I'm, I really mean it. It's beautiful. Uh, well, uh, we are kind of uh, perfectionists and uh, all our products are uh, thought uh, thought through throughly mm -hmm. to say so uh, the design and uh, and the ingredients uh, it all has to be perfect and we believe in our products uh, what we are uh, we're making and we are very happy to use them by ourselves and uh, and if I if, uh, I'm coming a little bit back uh, backwards uh, with our talk uh, the the main uh, the soul of our drinks is actually apple cider vinegar which is really really good for our health and we're and talking uh, later in the show about food for good mental health and we're seeing more and more conversations and research about the link between good gut health and your brain as well. So this is something you are obviously a fan of. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And how we, how we came to it, you asked about uh, the company and how we started it, then it was actually uh, because uh, I had a health issue, I had this uh, reflux sickness. Mm -hmm. If you know what it means, you have this, uh, you can't eat some spicy foods or something. Yeah, and you get the burning. Yeah. Yes, exactly and uh, none of the medicines helped me and just uh, I don't know I read it from the internet that apple cider vinegar could help and uh, just dilute it to the, uh, the water and drink it in the mornings and I was quite skeptic to be honest and? Uh, but uh, <laughs> then my woman told me that yeah but why don't you try it I made it a couple of years ago <laughs> and you told me to put the stinky thing away you know <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this couldn't be further away from that stinky thing. So this is the basis for a lot of your drinks. Yes, uh, basically, yeah, all of our mm. drinks, yeah. Wow. And then when I found the, I found the help from the drink, in ten days I could eat everything, you know. I really, it helped so quickly. And uh, and I told my wife, whoa, this we have to offer to others also, because she was already before, you know, very uh, fond of doing his, his her own uh, business, doing by something by her own hands. Mm -hmm. and I was like more the investor part, <laughs> just five years ago being a master of a uh, of a ship. <laughs> so, really? Yes. I, well, I'm, I'm in front of us are a collection of brightly coloured little bottles, and they're kind of glowing like jewels on the table in front of us, and they're called shrubs. Now Shrub. you say shrub to me. Or the, the, I'm going to ask you to pronounce it properly. I think of vegetation. How do you pronounce it, and what exactly is it? It is a shrub, and um, to be honest with you, uh, <laughs> it's it's funny thing that uh, the roots of a shrub is actually uh, extending way back to the Middle East. It's an Arabic uh, word. Yes, it's coming from the word uh, sharab to drink for drinking. Yeah. So centuries ago, the people here uh, they wanted to preserve their fruit somehow. They took the fruit. Uh, uh, the vinegar and the sweetener, then whatever honey or, or, or sugar, and they put it together so it's they could uh, yes, uh, so th and they could drink it. So somehow with the sailors uh, around the world, they, it, it it found its way to America, to the United States, and uh, it became really really popular there uh, in colonial times when all the barmen used different kind of shops. Normally they had very uh, simple shops. They take one fruit, vinegar, and the sweetener, but I have made like uh, different flavors together, so you don't need many. So with the shrub. Uh, 
everybody can be their own barman. Mm -hmm. You don't need multiple of uh, different uh, juices, uh, shrubs, or uh, or fruits. You just take this bottle, you, you add it to the, the to the glass a bit, uh, some ice there, and sparkling water on top. You have a perfect non-alcoholic cocktail ready. So it's a it's a basically a healthy drink base. Healthy Does drink that make base, sense? and exactly. they are healthy, right? Because yeah. a lot of the things that there we is. often have are you know super sweetened, you know sugary cordials and things like this. But these have health benefits as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's all from cold pressed juices, apple cider vinegar, and in most cases honey. Uh, I have two uh, two varieties which I have with raw cane sugar. But uh, let's say if I'm coming to this market, then I'm going to change the recipe of those. As you have this uh, interesting tax here, the excise tax. <laughs> if you have sugar inside, then 50% mm -hmm. on top. <laughs> so then we're going to go to go to some agave. <laughs> yeah. um, tell us then about some of the flavour combinations, because I had a raspberry and rhubarb earlier. It was absolutely delicious. <laughs> Honestly, very glad, very glad you I, liked it. It really, really was. What else is in the range? Uh, so yeah, uh, raspberry uh, rhubarb uh, virgin mojito is one. One is a uh, very uh, simple virgin mojito. So, so you can so simply make your own mojito. Yeah, you just add <laughs> the glass, and uh, you don't have to press all the lemons and peppermint. And wh why is it actually very, uh, very different from other this kind of drinks? Normally, mojito tasting drinks they are only done with the extracts. I have pressed the real peppermint juice inside. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's, normal people don't do that. Of course, it's making the price higher, but, you know, we're doing things different. It's really premium stuff, and mm -hmm. uh, and we do it all with the slow uh, slow juicers. Uh, um, yeah. Like a cold so, press kind of. Yeah. And there's also, uh, um, you've got some, I mean, what is, what is a choke berry, Tavi? Tell us. <laughs> I've never heard of uh, this before. Uh, the other word for it is aronia berry. Again, I've never heard uh, of it. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of... Uh, uh, is it small? Sour. What does it look like? It's small, small, uh, I don't know, not, not like... Between black and uh, black and red, something, these kind of uh, small small berries. Uh, so we've uh, got in front of us, we've got yeah. a blackcurrant peppermint. Yeah, it's also already uh, also containing... Uh, it's blackcurrant, peppermint, ginger, lemon, honey, lime, uh, apple cider vinegar inside. So lots of vitamins, antioxidants. I've got uh, my favourite, the rhubarb raspberry. Yes. This is for the virgin mojito. What's that the, one? Uh, for <laughs> here I'm uh, naming it uh, spicy cranberry grapefruit beverage base. Um, could, you drink, could you drink these as a shot? It's like a health shot instead, can, of, instead of diluting. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, best is of course the ginger lemon honey uh, to drink it as a shot. You know, you mm. get it nice and warm inside and uh, healthy, healthy stuff. But this is in Estonia we call it a gluggy beverage base. Uh, here nobody knows what's gluggy. It's like our some kind of Christmas drink with a spicy Christmas drink. Mm -hmm. uh, this is especially good with the, with the warm water. Oh yeah? right. Uh, yeah, and uh, then uh, finally, what we have here also is, uh, this is actually my own favorite. Uh, we have here uh, Seabockton Raspberry uh, beverage base, also containing some ginger and lemon and the gave syrup. Well, we have got some sparkling Estonian water on the stand this afternoon, so I know what I'm going to be doing for the next few hours, having a little, uh, having a little uh, experimentation. <laughs> Tabby, for anyone who wants to find out more about the company, and hopefully we'll have you in Dubai very soon, is there an Instagram account people can look at, yes. or what's the best way of getting in touch? Vosel Vinagar. Vosel Vinagar, you write, type in uh, to Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, you'll find us, and vosel.ee. Uh, e -E, I'm going to find it right yeah. now and if yes. anyone wants the details of that you can just send me the word drink and I will send you the link so you can investigate and uh, that's me sorted for the afternoon thank you so much absolute pleasure to meet you and I'm sure I'll see you on the Taste Estonia stand over the course of the next few Th hours thank you Helen for really appreciate yeah. it <laughs> have a good day from the Dubai World Trade Center this is Afternoons with Helen Farmer on Dubai Eye 103.8 live at Taste Estonia at Gulf Food discover pure air clean water Fresh food.
Joining us live, Christina from Must Umami. They just won just yesterday Best Organic Product for their Black Garlic Flour. And I just want to say huge congratulations, Christina. How are you? How are you? Thank you very much. I'm, I'm not familiar with Black Garlic Flour at all. So can you tell us a little bit about where it grows and I guess for us foodies, how we eat it, how to cook with it, what's it all about? Well, uh, originally we put um, uh, the garlic bulb in the oven and fermented it, uh, but uh, then we thought that why not use also the upper part of the garlic plant, you know, the stem and the flower part, mm -hmm. and we put it in the oven for a little less time, about two weeks. Two and weeks? Yes. Well, what, how long were you putting it in before? Three weeks. <gasps> Goodness, really? Yeah, yeah, and what happens is um, usually garlic is bitter and you mm. can... Um, you don't want to eat it maybe raw, but uh, if you put it in the oven, then it uh, turns mild, it's uh, sweet. Right. Yeah, so it's, uh, you can just eat it as a snack and it doesn't leave any aftertaste can or after smell. Can I try it right now? Yes, please. Okay, tell us a little bit then about, uh, about what I'm eating. So what part of the plant is this? Uh, this is the bulb. Mmm. Yeah. It's really smoky and mm. mellow. Yeah. That's gorgeous. I have even heard from here that it tastes a little bit like dates, just like some hint of date. But yeah, because there is a sweetness to it as yeah, well. Yeah. What about cooking with it, Christina? How do you recommend people can, could you, you know, toast some sourdough and rub, rub it on some bread or, what, yeah. or cooking in sauces? Yeah, you can do absolutely everything with it. Um, you can use it in risotto. Uh, pasta is going to be amazing with it. Um, also in, in the bread, while cooking the bread. Uh, but uh, here there is an, also an Estonian ice cream maker and we put the black garlic powder no on top of ice cream. Does it work? Yeah, it, is, um, it makes it like, taste like a caramel ice cream. Okay, we're going to try this later. Yes, this please. is like the ultimate Estonian collaboration. Yeah. Ice cream and black garlic flour. Christina, thank you so much for your time. We've got another award winner joining us on the Taste Estonia stand. Yes, thank you. Thank you so, so much. We, um, we're here at Taste Estonia and there is absolutely lots going on. Um, lots of eating, as we said, some ice cream, we've been having health drinks, and now some healthy bites, um, who have just won an award for health and wellness. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm really well. Um, so tell us a little bit, Aniki, about what we're eating, because it looks like chocolate, but it's healthy? It's an enjoyable way of taking in the health food. So it is collagen bites, uh, in a buckwheat called um, covered with chocolate and as well we have it in uh, uh, gummy form Ooh. with different tastes and different uh, can I can I taste it of can, course. Can, okay I'm going in so it's about the size of I know it's about, it's about kind of the end of my thumb I would say it is a bite covered it is a bite okay I'm going I'm going in Nikki we've got some nuts in there so tell us a little bit about collagen what impact can it have? Am I going to look like I'm 25 again in a uh, couple of minutes? Absolutely. Hurrah! <laughs> <laughs> what a time to be alive! <laughs> collagen is essential for our body. And uh, starting from the age of 25, you're going to lose the collagen. It goes downhill fast. Absolutely. And hence the wrinkles, of course, which we want to avoid. Mm -hmm. So by people, a lot of people add it to, you know, to drinks or take it as a tablet. I have to say, I've tried a few of the supplement powders myself and it hasn't tasted very good. Tell us about why and how you're making things actually taste good. Tell us about some of the flavours. 
and actually reason behind was that the, the collagen powder was so messy to take in mm -hmm. and we wanted to create something which would be healthy but at the same time also enjoyable. So we created the uh, Eternal Youth brand, uh, started with the gummies first and uh, then created also, we have it in pastilles and also in buckwheat covered with chocolate. So just to meet different preferences from our customers. Well, it's lovely to have you in Dubai. Congratulations on the award, well deserved. Best organic, I mean, what, what an accolade. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it and I'm looking forward to looking 25 in about five minutes. It is all about food, glorious food on the show this afternoon. Of course, it's Gulf Food running all the way through this week here at the Dubai World Trade Center. And we were lucky enough yesterday to see some amazing chefs in action over at the top table. And it's not just here under this roof. The culinary excitement extends across the whole city. And I've got a question for you. What's better than one chef cooking for you? That would be three. Joining us now, we've got Chef Damana Montar, who's joining us. Uh, Simone, thank you so much for being with us. You, you are there at Basola, where you're going to be joined by two other chefs yes, for a, chef. a special evening. Tell us a little bit. You're having a world-class Italian night, six-hand dinner at Basola. How are you? Good, thanks. So um, the dinner will be a six-course dinner. Uh, we prepare the menu uh, together with uh, the two chefs, uh, Gianni Tarabini and Stefano Pinciaroli. We'll uh, collaborate to create a special uh, dinner on uh, Mare by Bussola on uh, Thursday night. So Thursday night, it's going to be on that beautiful ground floor terrace overlooking the pool. You're right close to the beach. Three Italian chefs. Where in Italy are you from? I'm from Milano. Okay. Originally so, from Milano, yes. So we're, this is the, the food capital. Tell us a little bit about uh, Milanese food. Tell us a little bit about the food you were eating growing up. Um, mostly from uh, Italy, so pasta, risotto. Uh, as uh, many people know, um, mostly in Italy, uh, as everyone knows, pizza, pasta, risotto. That's the typical one, but of course also some uh, good meat and uh, fish as well. This translates beautifully to the menu of Bossoletta. Tell us a little bit about the other chefs. What are they bringing to the table? Uh, we'll prepare a um, seafood-based dinner, since uh, where we will prepare the, where we'll have the dinner is uh, Mare by Bussola, and Mare by Bussola is a mostly seafood-focused uh, restaurant. So all the course will be crafted by each one of us, uh, basically only seafood. Ooh, okay. Can you tell us what's on the menu? Go on, a little, on the, a, little, a little sneak peek. On the menu we'll have a red brown carpaccio as an appetizer. We'll be served with uh, three different uh, kinds of mayo and uh, some uh, mixed uh, fruit. Uh, we'll have some um, baby squid uh, filled up with uh, papal pomodoro. It's a tradition from Tuscany, one of the chefs is from Tuscany. And uh, we'll have as well uh, some uh, gnocchi with uh, cacio pepe and octopus. Ooh, a bit of a yum. different combination. And we'll have a dessert uh, that is a citrus-based dessert. Uh, we call it mimosa to resemble the flower. Uh, it's a three different kind of citrus, so it's a very special, uh, very special dinner and a special uh, combination of uh, ingredients. What's it like sharing your kitchen with two other chefs? It's a, it's a nice experience. Yeah. There is a, and the job always to learn, especially with these two chefs. Um, they're coming in my restaurant. Uh, they're Michelin star. I don't have so for me. It's a good experience. 
to exchange uh, some uh, culinary information with them as well. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you're obviously learning there and vice versa. They'll be learning from you as, as well, of course, Chef, um, from your fellow countrymen. But here in Dubai, you can be working alongside people from all over the world. You know, you can be, you know, shoulder to shoulder with Indian, you know, Nepalese, French, English chefs, you know. And what impact do you think that's had on your view of food and I guess some of your influences? Uh, most of the influence for me is uh, from uh, Italian cuisine. So um, I'm from the north, so also seafood is not uh, the biggest part of our uh, culture in the north. But uh, uh, of course, I travel, uh, I travel around uh, my experience outside Italy, so I catch up a bit also on uh, some different kind of seafood. Okay, coming from Milan, where do you think is the best foodie city in the world? <laughs> uh, well, because it's my... You can't say food. it. <laughs> I forbid you. You cannot say Dubai and you cannot say Milan. <laughs> okay, the, um, it's a tough choice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like uh, food from uh, Asia, Thailand also. I love uh, Thai food. Oh. I've been there many times to visit uh, the city different uh, from north, south is very different also the Thai cuisine. So let's say this is a different cuisine for me that I love. What do you cook at home? Home mostly... Uh, if you say eggs on toast, I'm <laughs> going to be really disappointed. <laughs> no, Sometimes simple. At home, uh, I'm mostly at work. So at home, uh, just some uh, simple food, uh, pasta, risotto, something, something easy to remind me about my home food uh, oh. with my family. So what are you doing here at Gulf Food? What's been happening here? Uh, here um, there, are, um, there are many cooking demonstrations in uh, different places. There are, um, tomorrow we'll be doing uh, a master class in uh, Italian Food Lab. So Ooh, it's uh, yeah. something good to, uh, for me also to show to whoever is coming to Gulf Food uh, what kind of food we are doing in uh, Bussola, mm. in my restaurant. And also many exhibitors around, so new product to see some connection uh, with the uh, with a supplier, with producer as well. So next door, literally a few meters away from us, is this beautiful uh, black garlic. And they will ferment the bulb and fermenting the stem. And Christina there from uh, Umami just saying, you know, great in a risotto, you know, just to, to stir it through a pasta sauce. Are you doing some tasting today as well? Yeah, I will try, I will try some product around, uh, just to see something new, something different that we can use to create uh, new dishes for the restaurant. Chef Montanaro, how can people book your incredible six-hand, six-course dinner at Pozzola? We have um, through the, our Western Hotel directly through uh, Mare by Bussola. Uh, we have uh, our desk to take all the booking. Thank you so much for making time today. Really appreciate it. Go and eat some black garlic yeah. and uh, then get to your kitchen. There's a lot of work to do between now and Thursday. Just a minute. Thank you so, so much. Thank you much. for having me here. Pleasure. From the Dubai World Trade Center. This is Afternoons with Helen Farmer on Dubai Eye 103.8. Live at Taste Estonia at Gulf Food. Discover pure air, clean water, fresh food. One of the most popular stands here at Taste Estonia in conversation now with Kai from Ravela Ice Creams, who won an award yesterday. Congratulations, how are you? Hello, Alan. Oh, Thank you so much. You won. We are so happy. And rightfully so, because I've just tasted best dairy product, the category for your lactose-free dairy soft ice cream. Yes, It's true. delicious. Yeah, true. It's not only lactose-free, but it has some more health benefits. Tell us. Yes. <laughs> Feeling the, healthier already just knowing this. Go on. <laughs> yes, there are uh, natural vitamins, B and T, 
are where I did and also probiotics and also sink so really? you are so take care of oh yeah goodness. eating our ice cream well it really really is delicious now you've got ice cream machines on the stand hence people yeah. flocking to you to try the range what is in the range apart from that award-winning lactose free right um, the ice cream is the most popular regularly we have been in the cold food but our range is uh, uh, is uh, dairy uh, lactose free Wagon. Uh, all these uh, products can be made in uh, soft serve ice cream machine, also at home with the uh, electrical mixture only. How? Okay, tell us about that. What form does it take if people want to make it at home? What does it look like? It's it looks like ice cream if you do it from the beginning till the end. But you can uh, make it also like this uh, after whipping and cooling town only cooling town and whipping you can enjoy it as a ice cream pudding like i dessert, said dessert. yeah it's delicious so, so it's, a, it's a powder is that right yeah all our products are in powdered form right and then what do you add we can add you can add we can add only water but also milk or cream it depends on your taste what mm. would you like to achieve that's interesting you can make, put your own twist on things you could be adding you know if you like oat milk or almond milk if you want to keep it simple with water we're just chatting with Christina earlier talking about the you guys experimenting with ice cream and their beautiful black garlic what, what, what was your take on it oh that is great uh, emotions for all of us because we just met here uh, in Galfood most uh, black garlic and we uh, together take out our products. We prepared ice cream and they took their great uh, black garlic powder and we really create a new product which was uh, our vanilla ice cream with the black garlic powder and it was delicious. It was something great I've never uh, imagined before that the garlic could taste that uh, oh, ca caramel-like. Like a, like, a, like a smoky sweet caramel yeah, like us yeah something okay. like that we we need to give this a try yes you uh, should um, for Don't anyone tell us a little bit about gulf food how how um, integral is this to you for having a presence um on that kind of global stage but also here in the uae how do you how do you find the event we found we really found this event to be very huge and very important to us because as you know Estonia is small in size but uh, big in spirit mm -hmm. so we're really um, coming every year to have this uh, experience again and again to find uh, new uh, clients to um, meet all the, our um, current uh, already um, working uh, clients and uh, this is the place where uh, world meets it we have indeed. to be here well, we thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for the ice cream. Thank you, Helen. <laughs> you are welcome. Welcome uh, in our pool hall. I'm, welcome. Uh, I'm with, you're with me on the radio. Maybe next time I'll come to Estonia and eat some ice cream at okay. the factory. Thank okay. you so much. Thank you. Guys thank speaking you. to us from Revela. The award-winning ice cream, as I said, they scooped, pun fully intended, uh, the prize just last night for best dairy product category for the lactose-free dairy soft ice cream. talking the psychology of food this afternoon um, and interestingly a study just out showing children who have a healthy diet throughout their childhood have better mental health when they're eight years old this is shown by the largest study of its kind this is according to researchers from the University of Adja in Norway so what is the link between food 
and how we feel. Clinical psychologist Dr. Thurai from the Human Relations Institute and Clinic joining us live to take my questions and yours. Let us know about any cravings you might have, any concerns you've got about your emotions and food, and you can be completely anonymous if you like on 4001. Dr. Thurai, tell us about your thoughts on this study. Well, actually, I think it's it's about time that we talk about this, to be honest, because I don't think there's enough research that's out there that talks about how important eating is and how important the relationship between food and mental health is. And I think that has a lot to do with the title of mental health, that we keep forgetting that it is as much physical as it is psychological. And I, I do agree significantly, and I, actually it's very interesting to see these findings, um, to see how eight-year-olds are quite significantly affected in terms of, you know, the, the ones that were eating unhealthier food tended to have uh, lower mental health uh, tendencies. But, I mean, if we see it in adults, it would only make sense that we're going to see it in children. Absolutely. It's interesting because I think food can be really an indicator of other aspects of how you raise your children to be honest and I don't know if you've read that book Freakonomics Dr. Thrower really really fascinating when looking at kind of social economics and they did a study um, more of a kind of a deep dive into what people name their children stick stick with me on this and they looked at a little girl called um, called Temptress okay now her mum wanted to call her Tempest but ended up calling her temptress. And it what it did, they kind of followed their life, and, you know, sure enough, as, as they kind of predicted, that, you know, she had a, you know, an unwanted pregnancy in her teens and, you know, went on to you know, have a low-income job and blah, 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 blah. And their point was, it wasn't because she was called temptress, it was because, you know, her family, you know, had a low level of education. You know, there were all sorts of socioeconomic factors around that. And I wonder if this is a somewhat... Um, in the same kind of wheelhouse as, as this study because a family that is going to be making really good food choices for their child are probably going to perhaps be, you know, earning a, enough money to make, you know, be able to go out and buy great food. You might be educated about why that is important um, and it's just another element of child care. So I think there are lots of different factors that come together when it comes to children's mental health and diet is absolutely one that we need, as you say, to be kind of paying more attention to. Um, it's a hard conversation to have with a parent, isn't it? To say, you know, you need to be feeding your child better food because I think that could probably be taken quite badly, I'd imagine. Well, I mean, f- fair enough. I, I think sometimes parents can be a bit defensive when it comes to anybody telling them how to treat their kids to begin with. Um, I, w- I would just say that the reality is is that uh, the relationship um, between food and mental health is so powerful, be- and food can actually contribute to the, you know, the development, the prevention, and actually management of mental health conditions like depression, like mm-hmm. anxiety. So when we start young we're actually safeguarding children from uh, from later developing a lot of these disorders as they get that get older. And, you know, you're absolutely right to say that there are a lot of individuals socioeconomically, they can't afford better food. And so the, the types of food that they give their kids are, are not so great. However, and I think you see this a lot, Helen, here too, where you see mothers and fathers that can really afford to give their kids uh-huh. sushi on a daily basis if they need to, but instead are resorting to kind of more the processed uh, fast food because it's just easier. 
Well, let's talk a little bit then, Thraya. Do you think food has the power to make us happy for a short time? And I say this as someone who's just had a scoop of ice cream and really, really enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it definitely does, to be honest, because, you know, foods that are high in, in uh, proce like uh, processed foods, basically, that are in fats, high in carbohydrates, you know, they might help you feel good in the short term, in the moment, but actually they're very bad for you long term. Whereas if you eat things like fruits, vegetables, complex carbs or proteins or even good sources of fat, they actually will allow you to have those positive emotions for a lot longer. So what you eat really does make a big difference into, you know, energy, irritability. I mean, especially processed carbs like, you know, white bread, pastries, uh, they cause your blood sugar to rise and fall quite quickly. And so that can can lead to a lot of, um, you know, that low lethargic mood as well as irritability. Um, if you have a lot of sugar, you can actually it can actually increase your anxiety symptoms that you have as well as, you know, feel that lethargy and, and depressive kind of mood. So you, the, the type of food that you're eating is very significant to your mental health. From the Dubai World Trade Center. This is Afternoons with Helen Farmer on Dubai Eye 103.8. Live at Taste Estonia at Gulf Food. Discover pure air, clean water, fresh food. In conversation with clinical psychologist Dr. Thraya, and we've just been addressing how food can be really positive, have a great impact on your mental health, looking at some of those whole foods, those fruit, those vegetables, and really taking a bit of a 360 approach to things like anxiety and depression. And Thraya, I wanted to get your take on a message we've had from Dominica on 4001. She says, hi both. When I had a depressive episode about 10 years ago, the smallest tasks felt impossible and I really didn't want to do anything. This extended to food and I noticed as I got better, stacking up little things like making my bed, making myself breakfast helped a lot. Food and taking care of yourself can be a real indicator of mental health. It took a while, but I started to realize that, that I'm worth taking care of and that extends to eating well. Isn't that a wonderful message? Dominica, thank you so much for that. Is this something that you've seen in patients, these what sound like little things, you know, making your bed or making yourself a healthy breakfast, actually being a real indication about how you feel about yourself? Of course. I mean, you know, diet is actually a great way of, of kind of like actively taking care of yourself and self-love, which is, you know, one of the things that we talk about when we're trying to treat anxiety and depression. So seeing yourself as worthy of, of self-care, worthy of self-love, and therefore worthy of being fed with nutritious food is a great step into kind of healing any kind of depressive or anxious symptoms. And the message here from Ezra saying, just curious, any insights on how stress impacts our eating habits? He says, I stress eat sweet stuff, Ezra, I do too. That, that was me during, during kind of the, the lockdown, just eating so much red licorice. I don't know why that's like my kind of big takeaway food memory of that time. So stress eating, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so, you, you know, with stress eating, essentially, I mean, anything that's sugary or ultra processed, actually stimulates a key hunger hormone called ghrelin and that actually makes you hungrier as or it makes you feel hungrier as you eat even though you're you're actually full and what ends up happening is that when we're stressed and when we're feeling any kind of 
you know, quote unquote negative emotion, we usually use food as a way to make ourselves feel better. And, and sometimes it could be a coping mechanism, but a very unhealthy coping mechanism. So mm -hmm. what we're trying to do is, is kind of change that because food can really activate our brain's reward pathway, which gives us these positive feelings, especially in, in, a, in a very temporary way. So we what we want to focus on is, is this idea of like we only eat when necessary we eat because it's kind of like fuel for the body rather than eating to make yourself feel better or eating because we're bored or eating because you know we have nothing better to do i i know this one's like a bit of a strange question so just bear with me i feel like pretty much every single person i know has quite a complicated emotional relationship with food and i wondered mm -hmm. if anyone does have a truly neutral attitude towards it and if so, is that in itself not a bit peculiar? <laughs> well, I mean, I wouldn't say that I, I have yet to meet somebody who's actually extremely neutral of food. I mean, I've, I've seen people who eat to, to live rather than live to eat, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like some people don't really enjoy they, their food. They just eat it for the sake of like fuel for their body. Mm -hmm. But I, it all depends on how you kind of grow up with the idea of food and, and you know your your family can really inform you quite a bit and teach you different scripts about your relationship with food can, that can make um, it quite difficult and actually how you handle stress at home mm -hmm. is extremely important especially as as a child so if you handle stress by you know go getting a, a getting a drink of water having a coffee a drink uh, eating something you know your children end up picking up on that because you know stress um, actually releases a, a hormone called cortisol and mm -hmm. cortisol actually makes you crave like sugary, fatty, salty foods. And so essentially whenever you are feeling stressed, our tendency is to go and grab something, you know, of those sorts. And so if our children are seeing that, then they tend to do that. And then the cycle then continues and our relationship with food becomes a bit more complex. Let's talk about that. Um, we, you know, I've been hearing about the, this phrase eating disorders for years and years, but something I've been hearing more about is disordered eating. Um, mm -hmm. And I know eating disorders obviously need to have a, a proper diagnosis, um, whether that's with a psychologist, a psychiatrist, obviously, a, you know, kind of a, a medical doctor as well. But disordered eating, and I wondered, when does it tip into, you know, dieting or restricting or binging into something that really is quite problematic what do you see in clinic when someone does need some extra help around their attitude towards food well i would say the first and foremost thing to look at is what the relationship with food is like so if you feel shame or guilt when you eat certain types of things or when you eat a little bit more than you know quote unquote your body needs to that can be definitely a, a red flag or if certain foods are off limits that's another red flag um, when you're constantly counting your calories or your macros and that determines if you had like a good day of eating versus a bad day of eating even like food choices and, and if they develop or if they like determine the success of your day in terms of like how you feel about your day, I mean, all of these things um, can are a part of disordered eating. And we see this quite a bit, and especially we see it with individuals who are kind of taking on these different fads that and trends that happen online, like, you know, keto dieting and intermittent fasting. But people aren't realizing that those different types of diets don't work for every single body. So mm -hmm. in, before you kind of like jump on whichever bandwagon exists at this particular time, it's important to visit a nutritionist to kind of look at what works for you, what doesn't work for you, check your hormones and, and check your, your body structure and all sorts of stuff like that. And unfortunately, what ends up happening is a lot of 
people are moving into disordered eating because they're trying to figure it out on their own where in mm. fact it's not that simple. It really really isn't and there's so much information and certainly misinformation out there and as, as you're saying what might work for one person could just really you know not be the case for another. An um, interesting question on 4001 here saying how does our body know that sugary drinks or hamburgers are going to make us feel better? How come our mind is not wired to eat good food and thus be healthy? Is it the media? Or many moons ago, how did our ancestors deal with food since there was no sugar in those times? Interesting question actually in terms of our perceptions of food and why we might crave them. Any insights mm -hmm. there, Thraya? Well, you know, I mean, what we do know is that our gut has these these microbes, right? Like um, that help regulate our appetite by using different chemicals like dopamine to communicate with each other. So this creation of these chemicals are extremely important um, when it comes to craving something that kind of gives us that that same chemical again, which is dopamine again. So the reward system is almost like looping. Mm -hmm. But what we're trying to do as much as we can is is allowing that dopamine to, to come from something that's healthier because we can actually get dopamine from natural foods, right? But the ultra processed foods just give us that rush a little bit faster. It's 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 really the equivalent of any type of person who's addicted, so addicted to any kind of substance. So even though you can get a dopamine rush when you have an achievement, when you do something really good, when you see family members, these are all dopamine rushes because they're reward system um, chemicals that are being released in your body. But for somebody who's an addicted who's addicted to a substance, be it cigarettes, be it alcohol, be it other substances, these substances give that dopamine rush a lot more intensely mm -hmm. and for a longer period of time. So it's not so much that we've created something new, it's that what we're doing is we're just kind of getting greedy and wanting it more. From the Dubai World Trade Center. This is Afternoons with Helen Farmer on Dubai Eye 103.8. Live at Taste Estonia at Gulf Food. Discover pure air, clean water, fresh food. Joining us live on the line is clinical psychologist Dr. Thraya from the Human Relations Institute and Clinic. And I want to go to the text line, Dr. Thraya. A lot of people sharing their thoughts on emotional eating, um, our relationship with food as well. And it is emotional eating. I had an anonymous message saying, um, I eat when I'm bored, stressed, frustrated, angry. Um, any insights on breaking the habit? Um, and we talked earlier about, you know, food is just another substance we can be addicted to. The complication is that we need to have it. We need to have it for energy. We need to have it for health, which is why you can't, you know, you, you can't just go cold turkey. What about then recognizing some of the triggers that you might be an emotional eater and I guess putting a bit of a circuit breaker in place to break those habits as this listener is asking about? Well, I think one of the most important factors when you're trying to put a stop to this emotional eating habit is really about mindfulness eating or mindful eating. And, you know, we don't usually take the time to kind of be mindful when we eat. We're always eating and watching TV mm -hmm. or eating and looking at our phone, eating and doing some work. We're not actually paying attention to what we're eating. So mindful eating is a great first step. But also, I would say, um, do something which we, we refer to as circadian fasting, which is basically eating every day at the same time and not diverting from that. So 
you, you know, you, you wake up, you have breakfast around like, let's say eight o'clock in the morning or seven o'clock in the morning, you have lunch around 12 or one and then dinner around like six or seven and that's it. There's nothing in between. There's no other reason why you should be eating. And so then that also keeps you mindful. And sometimes just listening to your body, because yes. some, sometimes we, we confuse, um, uh, hunger for fatigue or hunger for thirst mm -hmm. or hunger for even like blood sugar levels that are kind of dropping or increasing. So really understanding your body means you need to go get these medical checks on a, on a regular basis. Um, exercise is a great craving and hunger tamer as well. Uh, when you eat a lot of vegetables, uh, it can be very helpful. Sometimes diet, um, uh, snacking on on veggies like raw veggies can be very helpful as well at times but I would say one of the greatest things that I've ever used with a lot of my clients is, is teaching them how to eat so essentially what ends up happening is that usually people when they eat they eat they just eat whatever's in front of them and I tell them okay like slow it down and eat in chunks of three so the first part is always finish all of your vegetables anything that's green anything that's veggie like on your plate finish that so start with a salad and then have your proteins and like healthy fats. So like any kind of, you know, um, chickpeas or beans or, or chicken or steak or fish or anything like that. And then finally have your carbs. Carbs are not a bad thing. Most people get really scared when we talk about the, the word carbohydrates because they're like, oh my God, this is really bad for me. It's going to make me gain weight. And that's not actually accurate. It's usually the processed carbs that we try to stay away from, but carbs in general are actually really healthy. Mm -hmm. So if you follow those three steps, so you start with the veggies and then you go to the proteins and the healthy fats, and then finally you have carbs and, and drink afterwards. So drink like water or any, any kind of uh, drink that you usually drink after you're done. What that usually does is that it minimizes the amount of carbs that you eat, thus minimizing the amount of sugar that you in, that you take in, thus minimizing the amount of cravings that you have throughout the day. And don't stop yourself from eating the things that you like. Don't be like, okay, I'm never going to have a chocolate again or I'm never yes. going to eat these kinds of sweets. Like so allow true. yourself to eat what you want. Because that's the thing, isn't it? When you know you can't have it, the forbidden fruit mm -hmm. or um, absolutely Mars bar, you, your your mind can't help but obsess about it. Let's talk about cravings. Actually, we've had a message here on four zero zero one from Melanie saying, "I'm definitely not pregnant, but I am getting over a bad bout of the flu. All I want is orange juice, cheeseburgers with pickles. I don't even like pickles and jam and toast. The body is a weird thing." And it's interesting when you, when you think about when you ask someone, you know, do you crave? salt or do you crave sugar people tend to be quite definite about what they you know what their body's telling them they need do we know anything mm -hmm. about why that might be actually it's quite interesting because usually people will fall into these two categories either a salty person or a or a sugary person and the the reality is is that your body's actually telling you something because both of them are equally addictive so if you tend to be a salty person people are like oh yeah i'm healthier because i crave salt instead that's not actually accurate at <laughs> all so the 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 reality is that both of them are are is basically like the, your body's trying to tell you something and you need to be thinking are you actually starving yourself are you actually eliminating things that are very necessary for your body to 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 take in and that's why you're craving one or the other and 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 even though most people don't usually realize how addictive salt can be it actually is just as addictive as 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 sugar and because we're kind of feeding our taste buds and we're creating this vicious vicious cycle because essentially we you know our taste buds crave what we what we feed them so absolutely. So all of these things can be quite uh, 
interesting when it comes to, 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 the, to food and our body. Lastly, Dr. T, um, last bit of recommendation. If we're either eating here at Girl Food or we're going to the supermarket on our way home, um, best food for our brain, for mental health, what should be going in our shopping basket? Uh, definitely you want to look at foods that are like fruits, vegetables, complex carbohydrates, proteins, good sources of fat. Those are really important. You just want to minimize the amount of uh, foods that are high in fat and carbs or like highly processed foods. I know most people say eliminate. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the elimination tactic because I think, like you said, we end up craving the things that that we eliminate from our life so definitely dark leafy greens like kale spinach broccoli make sure you use those as as part of your healthy diet amino acids like sweet potatoes nuts milk chicken beef beans um, all the berries are really good Vit anything that's high in vit vitamin c really helps regulate like cortisol levels um yes and that's really quickly what i can Sounds think of <laughs> No, you're a star. Dr. Thraya, thank you so, so much. Really do appreciate your insights as ever. You can find Dr. Thraya and the team there at Human Relations Institute and Clinic. And I really can't stress this enough, but if you are really struggling with your mental health and relationship with food, do speak to both a mental health professional and, of course, a nutritionist to help you get back on track. And thank you for downloading this episode of the Afternoons with Helen Farmer podcast. Don't forget, you can subscribe. You'll get direct to your phone as soon as it's out. And you can listen to me live on Dubai Eye 103.8, Monday to Friday between 2 and 5 p.m. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.